the four o'clock football frenzy. Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The four o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Silver Sevens is the site. Masters going on right now. We'll get to the football frenzy here in just a second. But that was quick. That escalated quickly. It was all tight at the top of the Masters. Justin Rose, 700 now. Yeah, he, 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 he won the quarter uh, run. He's Dunsky. Just a couple he, of golfers left on the course. Uh, your boy, Jordan Spieth. Does he still have that obnoxious jackass uh, caddy who's uh, yelling at people all the time for brushing blades of grass and taking pictures and having the sound on the phone? Probably. Okay. Uh, Jordan Spieth is one under. He dropped as far early on uh, to uh, plus two. So that's the story right now. We'll get an update on the numbers. Tony Miller is going to join us in about 15 minutes, see where they are. But uh, Rose going in was not was not a favorite. No, I didn't hear anything about Cantlay or Cameron Smith there. Oh, boy. Uh, last last let, four and five over. Smith is one over. Oh, look at that. Through 16. Why are you so excited? Did you bet him? Yeah. yeah. Cantlay and Smith. Smith who uh, finished Lay. second. Okay. In November. Cantlay has rushed back. Uh, he's looking good. Seven over. Okay, so. He finished. He's off the course at seven over. Who was your, who was your snitch on that one? Yikes. Not good. Not good. <laughs> Might not lean on that one again. No. I mean, you're not going to be right every time. It's a very inexact sport. We got uh, Cameron Smith making a little run, though. That's, that's even better odds. I'll take that. Oh, boy. You know, uh, this morning... You start looking around for sports news and other news, and we see a mass shooting in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Of course, there's been one since in Texas where some guy apparently went into his workplace and was all pissed off and just started trying to blow people away. Uh, The one in South Carolina uh, is football-related. It is a former Oakland Raider. And by the way, this is not a Bruce Campbell. We're not joking here. Bruce Campbell, former Raider lineman, got caught in crosshairs of someone finding some Walmart fight, and there was some giant dude who got knocked out and got his jaw broken. That was not a former Oakland Raider. In this case, it's a guy who actually played multiple years in the NFL for multiple teams up until the, uh, I don't know, around 2012 in Phillip Adams. and Yeah. Yeah, a couple of seasons with the Raiders. Uh, played for several different teams. Um, v- details not really widely available yet on exactly what happened here, but he went in essentially – wiped out an entire family just awful awful uh news coming out of south carolina where uh he shot his doctor and his wife uh dr robert leslie and his wife barbara uh 70 and 69 years old their grandchildren are also in the house they were both killed as well nine and five years old uh, and then a worker at the home uh who was there uh doing some work he was killed also so then um this uh, this player Philip Adams also killed himself. So, uh, just uh, uh, as I said, a tragic, awful, terrible situation. Uh, they did uh, reach out to his father, Philip Adams' father, who said he thinks football just absolutely took a toll on him uh, and ruined him, his mind and body, and kind of blames that for uh, the downfall here of of his son and and what happened to him, and that he decided to not only hurt himself but you know kill an entire family is just. It's it's awful and 
you know, horrible and every, any other word you can use for it. It's terrible. Um, but again, the, you know, the, the spotlight on football and what it can do to a brain and a body and everything else is, is showing up again. If that's the case. But I think it's of worth course. the discussion, and we'll see what the family wants to do. Uh, you know, we could we could get more information if the uh, if they donate his brain, but you know we'll find out. So sucks, terrible. Yeah, every day. Uh, I was going to say opening the newspaper, but for you guys, it's part opening the newspaper, but also looking on the internet, and you're like, okay, it's another shooting, and uh, now this time you got to get the uh, you have a guy tied to the Raiders from you know ten years ago. And and you're right. It's you know the, the we look at we always look at the the perpetrator in cases like this and you talk about you know at you know talk about this this former player and what happened to him and why did he do this and everything else the focus should be on the family that was minding their own business at home and was you know executed by this guy but that's that's just never where we go with these conversations it's always to the person who did it and that's wrong but it's what people are interested in and then we don't we can't automatically just say it was football but certainly the family uh, of this former player believes that you know whatever happened to him during football is what caused him to go down this path. We're going to do our path to the draft here in just a couple of minutes. Oh, look at that. A guy walking around with a uh, Justin Herbert jersey on. It is Chargers Day on path to the draft. They have the 13th pick. And uh, Gilbert Manzano, former member of the RJ staff, will be on with us. Maybe we can sit here and just listen to Gilbert and Adam argue about Herbert's first year. Adam's very strong on this. And John Von Tobel is very much on pump the brakes. On Herbert. That's coming up. That's coming up. Raiders got a little bit quiet here. I noticed that a name that they brought in for a visit almost at the beginning of the process, A.J. Bouye, has come off the market. Again, late in the game, he signed with the Panthers. He did, and uh, I thought it was interesting the way the Panthers kind of announced it was putting out a video of how to properly say his name. Uh, Did I botch it? No, you got it. Bouye. Bouye! Not that one. They actually not used of, uh, which I, They actually used Stuart Scott in the video. They did. They're like, this is not how you say it. Like uh, that was weird. Hashtag too soon. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe I don't know. It was a weird one. Uh, he said often. Booyah. He said often people call him AJ Bougie. I like that better. <laughs> well, I mean that's that would be from the from a Migos song. Yeah, I will uh, if he has any impact with the Yankees. Um, I'm very much. I didn't know that uh, Rujnet Odor is uh, is Ruji, and he's instantly now that he's on my side, he's become one of my favorite players because I pointed out to you on the Rangers goodbye message, they had a picture of all like you know these uh, photo moments montage of his career and in Texas, and one of them was the long straight right hand blasting Jose Batista in the face. I love that. Ruji with was the right, of, the right from Ruji. One of the parting images. Oh, I love that. So that was great. that was one of them. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, AJ Bouye, very, very, Bouye. There it is. That's not that's not his name. Um, but yeah, so we guys one. Can we can we set this up? Happy so let, let's <laughs> work on the pronunciation. AJ Bouye. Wow, there's a long delay. That's not on that. it. It's not um, it. That's that's fake news. Panthers cornerback AJ. Incorrect. It's not working. No. But they used him on the video. They did. Stuart Scott. Yeah, they did. Okay. It's weird. Uh, You know what? um, I've never looked at the uh, Panthers uh, social media page, uh, especially like Instagram. I will tell you, I live with a Chargers fan. The Chargers actually are dynamite with this. They may not be the best organization 
in football, but their social media team is spot on. We're going to talk to uh, one of the guys who covers the team. He doesn't work, covers the team. He doesn't work for the Chargers, but uh, Gilbert Manzano is up next on Cofield and Company. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune up today by calling 577-2600. It's time for Cofield and Company's Path to the Draft. Presented by Weed Sellers. WeedSellers.com. That's Weed, C-E-L-L-A-R-S.com. Do it. Thunderbolts and lightning. Oh, not yet. Not yet. Just let it play. Crank it up. Angel, crank it up here at Silver 7. Oh, no. Feedback. Yep. It's a good one. It's a good one. You can move to L.A. You can't take away the song, though. True. It is good. Come on. No, I was just, I was laughing. Somebody, somebody that I've never seen on Twitter before interacted with like sent me an angry tweet, and then oh, I actually no. tried to respond to them, and they blocked me. I'm like, I don't even know who you are. You responded to me and then blocked me. Well, you did something wrong. <laughs> we, everyone who's around you knows that. Gilbert Manzano was around you plenty. Didn't you always want to block him on social media? <laughs> Gilbert! Yeah, yes. I, yes. I thought Adam's going to answer, but... No, didn't you uh, always want to block I'm me? Not, yeah, I'm surprised I didn't get blocked because uh, Tyrod Taylor no longer plays for the Chargers, and I'm tweeting about the Chargers all day. So I'm expecting to get blocked, but I guess I wasn't. So I think with me and Adam are okay now. We're good, and I've never blocked or muted anybody. I don't think you're going to be the first. <laughs> okay, uh, hopefully not. If I did, I, I must have done something really bad, uh, like uh, praise Josh Allen or something like that. Well, nobody would ever do that. Uh, he's an anti-vaxxer, so why would anybody ever praise him? Oh, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Where um, are we going? <laughs> most, most, most importantly, uh, were you just enjoying? Were you like on a vacation? It looked like you were having a great time on social media. Yeah, I went up uh, to the to the woods uh, to a cabin just to kind of get away. You know, after uh, the Chargers did a, did a bunch of free agent moves, you know, I had to get away and I kind of escaped. <laughs> but uh, I'm back for some work. Uh, and first of all, I love that you know Super Chargers music there, but I'm not sure if I could say that I like it because the team's in LA. But I love it. <laughs> that is true. A whole new era. Well. So now that free agency is kind of over, I mean, we still have guys out there. There's still moves to be made. Uh, what have the Chargers left themselves in terms of biggest needs going into the draft? Yeah, definitely. It's uh, they got to find a left tackle and they got to find a, another outside cornerback. Uh, they let go of Casey Hayward, who I'm surprised they didn't go with Gus Bradley to the Raiders, but Casey Hayward is still available. Uh, and, and they need a left tackle a year ago. If uh, your guy Tyrod Taylor would have been there as a starter the whole way, he would have probably got crushed a couple of times because they didn't have a left tackle a year ago. They still don't, and they got a final for Justin Herbert. But uh, they did address something, some things in the, in the interior of the offensive line with Corey Lindsley, uh, Matt Seiler. Uh, they got a little older at tight end with Jared Cook. Uh, Hunter Henry went to the Patriots. But overall, not too bad because they're going to protect Justin Herbert, but there's still a lot of question marks on this roster. There are, but they do have some flexibility, right? I mean, the Chargers are one of the teams that actually could still spend some money here. Yeah, no, they do have some money, but I just don't see them spending more in free agency. It's just not what the Chargers do when it comes to, like, 
you know, the second or third wave or, or those veteran guys that have kind of big names, but on the way out, they don't really do that or guys with kind of a, some uh, history concerns with other things and stuff like that. Uh, or just locker room character stuff. I just, you know, the Chargers care about that Tom Telesco. So when I think about Jadavion Clowney and other people like that, uh, I don't see them making a push. Uh, I know Tom Telesco loves through build through the draft. He's had a lot of misses, but some, some hormone uh, hits there. Uh, but I, I think they're done. They have flexibility with the cap space, but I don't see them trying to get older and bring in some more betters because they did spend a good amount on, on Lindsley and, and Filer and Jared Cook, and you kind of got older right there. So I think now you're going to look to the draft. So we talked about some of the, some of the needs that they have. Uh, first pick is the number 13 pick in the first round. What percentage is that going to be a tackle? I think it's pretty high. We spoke to the new head coach, Brandon Staley, uh, like about an hour ago, and he kept saying, you've got to have tackles. And he, I think he kind of you know, hesitated with saying, we're going to get a rookie left tackle to start, and it's going to be hard for him. But then he said, if we go that route. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I think, I think Brandon knows that left tackle is a big priority. But then I'm also kind of wondering, you know, there's some talent there with the corner, cornerbacks, you know, with uh, J.C. Horn and, and Caleb Farley, if he's healthy with the back, or uh, Patrick Sertan, if he ever falls from pass number 10 from the Cowboys, I think everybody has him there. Uh, you could take a cornerback, and I know Staley loves cornerbacks as well, so I think if you had to kind of bet, it will be either a, a tackle or a cornerback, and I know people want to mock in a, a couple wide receivers there, but I don't see it. It's going to be one of those two positions, I think. So a guy like Rashawn Slater, is that maybe the, the type of player – uh, that they have kind of circled at that spot. Yeah, if it's my draft board and you see Rashawn Slater and Panay you better jump over there as fast as you can and put in the card if we're still doing that during the COVID era or through Zoom or whatever. Uh, I think those two guys you've got to get. And I, I think the Chargers, if I'm guessing, are probably eyeing those two guys because, again, they're kind of quiet now in free agency and they're going into this right now without really a, a starting left tackle. I just asked Brandon Staley, do you see your starting left tackle on the roster right now? He, he said there's a hole there right now, so it tells me that the guys on the roster are not starting caliber. So I think if you see those two guys, you got to jump at it. But then it kind of becomes a little dicey. If those two guys are gone, what do you do? Do you kind of go best player available? Do you kind of reach for a Christian Derrishaw? Or do you think maybe a guy like uh, Elijah Veritaker could maybe give you some upside left tackle, but he's better suited for the inside? Yeah, I mean, I would think the the option at that point would be to trade down, right? I mean, there's going to be, I think, there's a pretty deep pool of tackles available. They're all kind of jumbled up after those first two. You know, I, I would think that could be an option, because, but then again, I see the talent act for cornerback, and they have a, a gaping hole after Michael Davis on the outside. And, and uh, as you know, Adam, you got to face Patrick Mahomes twice a year, uh, and that's going to be an issue if you don't have enough cornerbacks there. Uh, so I think if uh, J.C. Horn is there, I think they'll take him. Kalo Farley, maybe not so much, but then again, the Chargers like kind of, you know, betting on guys with injury concerns, and it usually does not do too well for for them. Uh, but if Patrick Sertan is there, which I don't think he will, you got to get that guy. But then say those cornerbacks are gone and those left tackles are gone, I think maybe then you consider trading down. But it, it could be enticing for some ed- edge rushers. I know the, the ed- edge rushers are not that high in this draft. Uh, but they do have a need because it's just pretty much Joy Bosa and a bunch of other guys having to prove themselves. Follow him up on Twitter, G Manzano24, for all of your 
uh, Chargers interest. Uh, Raiders fans are very interested in what the Chargers are doing as they have to play them uh, twice a year. Well, you talked about a new coaching staff, uh, a new era uh, for Chargers football. How good could this team be this season? You know, <laughs> I always get this question like around this time of year, and you look at the look at the roster on paper. You see Joy Bosa, Derwin James, and now you see Justin Herbert, and you you kind of fall for it. You look at the at the at the roster on paper, and you see Pro Bowl guys all over the place. And every year, you know, they get hurt with injuries or something bad happens. They lose on a field goal. They, they, they have a, a timeout blunder, a clock management blunder. So they, they, they keep it close, keep it competitive and injuries. So I'm not going to, you know, praise this team because it does look nice with Justin Herbert. But when you see the hole at left tackle and you see the hole at cornerback, you see how thin they are at edge rusher. They got older. They lost Hunter Henry. They lost a lot of team captains. So, I know people were excited for Justin Herbert, but for me, I've covered this team now long enough, about three or four years now, that they usually kind of, you know, stumble along the way. So until I see what they do with the draft and how they do with – if Derwin James makes it to the field, huh. then I'm going to start praising this team. But for right now, it's still, to me, a 7-9, and 8-18. and 18. Or what is it now with the 17 games? So 7 and <laughs> 7 and 10, I forget. But whatever, you know what I'm trying to say. 7-10. and 10. It, it's, That is going to be an adjustment for all of us. When we're talking about teams, like there's no more eight and eight team, they're eight and nine or nine and eight. You can't be five hundred anymore. Uh, that's a weird one. What I guess what what will this team try to make its identity uh, under the new regime? Well, it's got to be Justin Herbert. You know, I know I know you hate the you hate the praise for Justin Herbert, Adam, because he took the job from Tyrod Taylor. But no, he the, is uh, the, the, the needle took the job from Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> there you go. Okay, better. For, I didn't want to say, it, but you did. But uh, Justin Herbert, you know, obviously is a star in the making, so you got to kind of build around him. And I know last year Anthony Lynn got a lot of flack because he was, they were saying he was run-first mentality. But I think it's kind of the same old balanced offense. Uh, when I hear Brandon Staley talk, he wants to establish a run as well, but he's not taking the same heat because it's so early. Uh, but obviously you're going to see a lot of, you know, Justin Herbert throw the ball. But I, I think revamping the offensive line in the interior – also meant that they really didn't like what happened with the running game a year ago. So you, you improved that. You helped Justin Herbert. You, you helped Austin Eckler, uh, Justin Jackson, and Joshua Kelly. So I think they'll be pretty much balanced. But obviously you kind of play off the run, the play action, and you hit him with a deep shot with Justin Herbert. So that's what Justin Herbert does to you. You can expand the, the playbook and, and stretch out the field. So I think it will be still pretty heavy balance. But when you're in the close game, you want to let Justin Herbert in the groove. He could probably throw the ball you know, 50 times a game. Uh, you uh, you did used to be around the Raiders and cover them a little bit before the Chargers, and of course you have to keep your eye on them as a divisional rival. So, what have you thought of the Raiders off season? <laughs> it kind of feels like when I was covering them back in 2017, like you're like starting all over again. It's like John Gruden had three years, it didn't work, and like okay, let's get, let's cut everybody we signed in free agency, guys we drafted, where they're not we no longer like those guys, so. And it's kind of feeling like Chargers, Las Vegas, uh, 702 with Gus Bradley and Ron Miley. So I don't know what to think about this team right now. I know I kind of I picked them last a year ago. They proved me wrong. It was actually the, the Denver Broncos, and I think they were second the Raiders. So John Green's not doing everything bad. I think he has a, a good offensive mind. Uh, what he does with Derek Carr and Darren Waller and Nelson Aguilar a year ago, I was impressed with the offense, but it's kind of the same old stuff with the defense. And I think with – Gus Bradley there now, I think he's going to improve them much better. I know Gus Bradley is not aggressive. You don't get the takeaways or the sacks, but he will keep it consistent with a top-ten passing defense. Uh, he will definitely make sure that the run defense is on par. So 
I wouldn't be surprised if the Raider defense maybe, you know, ranked 15 to, to 12, just kind of keep it even, and they'll be much better. Um. You you talked a lot about the first couple of rounds we asked you about, you know, going tackle, maybe corner uh, for the biggest needs where they go early. Uh, late in the draft, if you're looking to add depth and you're, you're looking to maybe get younger at some spots, uh, what else could the Chargers be doing as the rounds kind of move on? Yeah, I think after you get your cornerbacks and your, your offensive tackles, I, I think maybe a third safety. Uh, with Brandon Staley, what he did with the Rams a year ago, he played a lot of you know, three safety kind of uh, packages. And now with Derwin James, hopefully he's healthy because I, I like watching him play. Uh, he will probably be more of a pass rusher, uh, you know, the linebacker as a linebacker. So he won't be too much as a safety. So you want, you know, Derwin and Nazir Adderley as a free safety. You need one more safety to get some depth there. Uh, again, I mentioned pass rusher, or I guess Brandon State likes to say edge rusher. does not like to call him outside or pass rusher, more of an edge. So Joey Bosa needs help. He had two concussions a year ago. Uh, and when he was out, they, they lacked a pass rush, so they need more edge players. Uh, again, I, I keep going, but I, I don't think this team is ready. They, they, they need a lot of help at special teams. I don't know what happened with Michael Badgey a, a year ago. He missed two crucial field goals against the Raiders on that Thursday night game. They could have won that game a lot earlier, uh, but there's just a lot of holes. So with the Chargers having nine draft picks, I think that will help them in the long run. What, what is the focus for Justin Herbert in this offseason? I mean, obviously much better than people expected him to be right away in the NFL. Um, I think people get carried away a little bit. He was a middle-of-the-pack middle of <laughs> quarterback in the NFL. Uh, but that's really, really good for a rookie and where you know where they expected him to be. So obviously there, you know, he needs to take a step forward, but what is it that he needs to maybe work on and improve going into the second season? Adam, you said it right there. He's got to take that step forward. You can't settle and not be – got to be consistent, too. Like, if you're saying he's top 15, you got to be top 10 now and get better. And you see too many times with these, with these quarterbacks, like we, we just saw with Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, they came out, you know, pretty well. And then now they're with different teams that get traded. Uh, we see it with Baker Mayfield all the time. Uh, maybe Lamar Jackson to some extent. But guys like uh, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, those guys are consistent and steady. Russell Wilson, you know what you're going to get from those guys on Sunday. So Justin Herbert could be reliable for year two. Every week brings it for you. I think that will be an improvement. But overall, this, this guy is smart. You know, they'll read defenses. Uh, and maybe, maybe build a better connection with Austin Eckler. I think a year ago, uh, Eckler and Herbert didn't really have a down. But that's because Herbert's looking down the field a little more. Uh, it's going to be kind of an adjustment without the tight end, Hunter Henry. So I think kind of maybe playing with, with a lot of new faces. It's going to be a lot of new players on the offensive line. Uh, some playmakers. So I think if Justin Herbert could figure it out with the new coaching stuff, he'll be okay. But I know people are kind of just expecting Herbert to be a, a stud, but he lost an entire coaching staff that did not get enough credit for what he did as a rookie. I think Anthony Lynn and Pep Hamilton and Shane Bacon deserve more credit, but they got fired and people didn't see it that way. So that could be an adjustment as well. There you go. Great stuff. As always, Gilbert Manzano, follow him up on Twitter. What, what do you have coming up? Uh, anything people should go check out that you're working on? Yeah, a lot of draft coverage. I'm going to write a whole story about the tackles, Rashawn Slater and Sinead Sue, and then also I'm going to make my own draft board. Best player available, follow my board, and whoever lands by there on number 13 at the top, take them. There you go. Good deal. Look forward to it. Thanks, Gilbert. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate the time as always. There he is, Gilbert Manzano. We appreciate his time. Charger beat writer for the OC Register was here in town and uh, – I guess if we go to those Dana White ratings when he was joking, rankings for media. Sure. Gilbert used to be kind of towards the bottom because he what what was Dana's rankings? It was NFL up top. Yeah. 
Then what came next? NBA and Major League Baseball? Baseball. And then he put his hand way down low for combat sports writers. Yeah, but I think I think boxing may have been ahead of MMA writers. Really? I think maybe. I'll have to ask. I'll, I'll, I'll follow up with Dana on his rankings. Is that right? You need to follow up? Yeah, that's an important should, issue. He's got all these things going on. That's, that's the issue you're going to follow up with? I should with? do that. All right. Coming up, we got uh, Club 99, and then uh, after that, uh, as we'll rate something, I think it's another food item today. I know there's always something interesting coming down the pike. I don't know what the hell's going on, right? The guys just throw stories in front of me. I have no clue. Uh, Tony Miller is going to be joining us in a couple minutes. We'll go downtown and find out what the latest update is as uh, round one, just about in the books at the Masters. And gamble, gamble, gamble. We can start playing round two. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. For Dustin DeHart's Club 99, back to Steve Cofield. All right, ready? we got to rate something. I know I'm all in on this on a couple of fronts. Boy, it's it's fun how stories just come together sometimes. Uh, Sean, one of our uh, big listeners and big Twitter followers, and he watches the podcast. He's always sending us stories to get into. We get to a lot of them, not every one of them, but uh, and we love the input from listeners. So send us stuff you want us to get into. Jock Peterson, former Dodger, one of my favorite players, kind of an all-or-nothing guy. <laughs> Not great against left-handers. Uh, he's in Chi-Town now. He can't hit bombs, Adam. Even with this baseball that's limiting everybody from hitting home runs? I know. Shouldn't he be hitting line drives now? Greeny earlier is wine of the week. Saying that the ball is traveling less and less this year. Home runs are 15 feet shorter than they were a year ago. After six days. Headline, here's why Jock Peterson got a waffle maker after his first home run with the Cubs. Somebody had to have brought it. I'm intrigued. So he hit the home run. He gets back to the dugout, and somebody handed him a waffle maker. Dude, the... uh, Ari, please send out, if you can, just... Just find the picture of Jock Peterson getting the waffle maker. This is me on Christmas morning. He's so happy. With, like, everything. He's screaming. Uh, Ian Happ is, like, flexing. I don't know who's in the background, but, uh, yeah, it's a a waffle maker from Chef Man. I think that's the brand of my slicer. So Ian Happ started this with the Cubs. This is so awesome. Waffling the ball is when you really crush it. Oh, okay. And so he started bringing waffle makers and handing them out. For various milestone home runs. God, that's awesome. So, Jock Peterson gets a waffle maker in the dugout. I don't know that he's actually going to make a waffle at the at the clubhouse. I hope he takes it home and does it there. It's a nice, nice item to have, though. Well, we found out the other day that you're a very wealthy man. Because one waffle maker ain't enough for Adam Hill. It's true. You have two. You've got a full size. You can actually get even an even bigger one than full size. Those like mega waffle makers. Sure. They make a lot of waffles at one time. You know what I want though? I want one of those like uh, continental breakfast ones. What is that? You know, when you go to like a hotel on the road and you oh, the, that, and that, you flip it, that flips. Yeah. Yep. I know. I, I have a, I have a cheap one. I don't have one of those. I have a cheap. Oh, uh, okay. Well, there you go. Ari, holiday gifts. I know you're putting your list together. <laughs> I don't really want one. Um, I also Adam wants a flippy waffle maker. Yeah. 
Uh, so I have the regular waffle maker, but I also have the mini waffle maker. Well, I'm maker. so jealous of the mini. It's $9. I'm still jealous. I just haven't had a chance to pick one up. Okay, I'll get you one. No, you don't have to get me one. Um, but I would be as excited as Jack Peterson after hitting on a run and getting a waffle maker. You'd be thrilled like that. But that brings us back to a conversation that uh, and a story that Sean sent us a while ago, listener Sean, uh, of basically making anything for breakfast using a waffle maker, but without really making the waffle. Like it's a keto idea where you just chuck stuff in the waffle and it waffles it up, but it cooks it beautifully. Oh, I'm, I'm all over this. That's why I got the mini one because I make like breakfast sandwiches out of just – you just make it out of like eggs and bacon or eggs and cheese or like whatever you want to make Such out of it. Such a good idea. Yeah. What's what's more likely to be the the actual waffle in the sandwich? Is it is it an egg or is it cheese? Like what's the outside? You can combine them. See, it's really not a sandwich because you're just smushing it all together. No, but, like, but you're out- making you're making the waffle. You're making two waffles. Uh, and then then do you throw something in or do you but, throw yeah, the, do you throw the filling in the waffle maker? No, no, no. You throw it in the middle. Afterwards, yeah, that's just so, the bread. So it's hot, cool, hot. Yes, or hot, maybe not could, so hot. Hot could be hot, hot, hot. <laughs> <laughs> you can go hot on all sides. The waffles are warm. The middle's hot. You get like a sausage patty in there. Could be hot, hot, hot. <laughs> it could be. I don't know. Doesn't have to be cold. Ari did not like the idea, but I think it was only because of the introduction of swine. Yeah, it's true. Can't combine it. Ari, do you do any bacon? Do you like? Can you do turkey bacon? He does not like pork. As I keep saying, from I the can olden do, days, I can do whatever I want. But no, I'm not interested. You're not interested in turkey bacon either. No, so anything like that tur- has a bacon taste. Yeah, turkey pastrami, all those things. I've, I've, like, I've tried some things, but. Eh. All right. Well, I think we're gonna get you a. We're gonna get you a flippy waffle maker with a lot of turkey bacon. Okay. You're gonna make turkey bacon waffles for us. I'll earn it. Notice how this works. I get them the stuff, then you got to cook for us. That I, doesn't seem fair. I got to tell you, I like I said, I'm just looking up and seeing uh, the twins. Like last last three batters, they probably have a lot of waffles in in their clubhouse. Uh, you mean the bulk of the team? There's some beef. They have it's massive beef on that <laughs> team. Were you just watching? Is Sano up? <laughs> He's up. But then whoever's on first, whoever's on first, I I couldn't see who it was. I mean, it, it's probably Astadio, isn't it? I, I think it name. might be. The little yeah. catcher? Yeah. I told you my favorite player in baseball now, though, is the catcher for the Blue Jays, Kirk, who's listed at 5'8", 285. I think the, the – and he's really not a catcher, the uh, the Twins dude. He's But he's like 5'10", 265. He's giant. There's no way he's only 265. Uh, unless he's uh, – How short he is. <laughs> By the way, who's the first base coach? <laughs> he's a lard ass, too. You this, have to this team. <laughs> screw the Cubs and the waffle makers. Everyone's eating waffles on the Twins. You have to be a Twins, and they're not it. doing low-fat keto waffles. <laughs> no, no, they're that's that's all carb. By the way, back to the the, uh, the launch angle swing. Just Sano with a man on base. Not even a chance. No. He was going to try to slap it no. somewhere to move, to move the runner over. It was just swing straight in the air and just a freaking pop up, 130 feet. Oh, to get the, a, get to about a second now too. Was There's no way he's there. Do you, actually, with a really with a really chubby, short, fat guy like myself, uh, on the third out, do you just throw it to second just to show that I could have gotten your ass? Oh, yeah. But you are so slow. Yeah, make the easy so pull. So dumpy. <laughs> throw it to second. 
You throw it around the horn and then throw it to second? Yeah. <laughs> He's still not there? Or wait until the last second. God, that guy was big. And then they go right to the right to the Jack in the Box commercial just to highlight who just hit. I mean, you were talking about going to a burger place the other day, and there's a couple places here now that have you know brought the juicy Lucy. Yeah, come on, that's a Minneapolis, Minnesota thing. What do you expect them to look like on the baseball team? That's a good point. You're like, yeah, we got a burger here. We got to stuff it with just more fattening stuff. It's also freezing cold in the winter. There's nothing you, else to do. You need to be stout. Yeah, stout equals warmth. Yeah, that's that's a that's that's a you know, useful commodity. Not, that's not just, you know, getting big. That's that's helping you get through the winter. Club 99 is presented by Dustin DeHart at Nova Home Loans. Want to talk interest rates and ask about getting your mortgage tuned up? Dustin is Cofield's real estate guy. He needs to be yours, too. Call Dustin DeHart at 577-2600. One, two, seven. And the slider in there. Strike three. was a strike, but he didn't move, and Don Mattingly is going to come out and argue the call with the home plate umpire, Ron Culpa. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting. That was crazy. Totally crazy. End of the Mets-Marlins game, Conforto at the plate, the ball's over the plate, dip the elbow in, gets hit. The up missed it at the moment. Mets get scoring the uh, winning run across the plate. They win the game. The, the umpire rang him up for a third strike, yep. called him out, then realized that he had stuck his elbow into the strike zone to let it hit him and let him go to first base and let the winning run score. Right. And just so people know, base is loaded, one out. That's strike three. Now, you're, now you have two outs. You're on the verge of getting out of it. Sounds like spilt milk to me, buddy. Stop crying. Tony Miller's with us, Golden Nugget. We get downtown to go behind the counter. Tony. Buddy. How about that? Uh, last week we had uh, a home run taken off the board because uh, <laughs> someone was, was making a, bass, uh, a base running gaff, and uh, that was a weird one. And actually, you know, the funny thing is, Tony, the umpire after the game admitted, you know what, I blew the call. Yeah, that's classic Craig Biggio stuff. He used to do that thing all the time, leaning the balls across the plate. But you know what, Steve? Why couldn't there be a replay? Why can't yes. they look at this? something important as that? I mean, that's just ridiculous. That was an out. That play is perfectly made for the replay. How is it not included? Exactly. That, that should definitely, especially talking about winning the game here, come on, you got to look at that again. Wow. We got Tony Miller on, and you can hear him. He starts to insert his baseball fandom in there. <laughs> Go ahead, Tony. Make the case, because the rest of us are all lining up against you. Make the case for the Astros and you know how classless all the fans are. Buddy, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. They're feeding off this. They are feeding off this. They lead the majors in home runs still. No trash cans. Makes no difference. They loving this stuff. The fans should be concentrating more on you know rooting for their team, maybe especially the A's, trying to get them a win instead of booing the Astros every time up. Man, it worked out great. But the the Astros are the ones whining about it. Oh, Dusty's whining about it. He's old school. Trust me, the boys are happy with it. They don't mind. Dusty. By the way, how are you an Astros fan? Uh, I went, you know, when my dad was in the Air Force, man, I was stationed all over Texas with him. And, oh, really? And, uh, you know, that's, and I came over from England when I was six years old, became a citizen at the Alamo. So uh, that's considered my home state, and I just lived there for the first part of my life. 
I don't think I'm going far enough back. Like, was your favorite player Enos Cabell? Cesar Cedeno. Okay, Cesar Cedeno. That's a good one. I think they were in the same outfield together. There were some good Astros teams uh, in the early 80s. Mike Scott, I don't know what happened for a couple of years there, but he was freaking awesome. J.R. Richard was a lunatic. You know, Joe Necro. I mean, God, you, yeah, they were good, man. Doug Rader at third. Roger Metzger. <laughs> how, was the, how was the Astrodome? Astrodome was great. That was like one of the first big. When I came to the States, I went in there. I was like, you know, little kid amazes looking at something that big inside. It was amazing. Looks terrible. Now it does. <laughs> well, it's, at the time, it was, it was when the bad news bears edge. played there. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember which is which. I, I can't remember if like uh, the Astrodome was like the eighth wonder of the world, and then like Andre Giant might have been like the ninth wonder of the world. <laughs> Billy Jean King played there against what's his name? Got his name. The tennis. The, Bob, Bobby Riggs. Bobby Riggs. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what the biggest event ever there was, right? Uh, school me. Bad News Bears. What was it? Wow. Yeah, I remember the Bad News Bears had a game. I don't know if it was in the original Bad News Bears. It might have been in two. But, yeah, they were playing a you know, championship game at the Astrodome. It was not the first. It wasn't a first? No. Okay. It might have been two or three yeah. or five or ten or whatever. Yeah, like Bad News Bears 14. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember that movie? You didn't like it? Kelly Leak? Badass with the motorcycle? I, I love the first one. Yeah. It got Great a little, movie. Got a little strained from there. Was that Christy McNichol? Was the, uh, the chick pitcher? No, uh, Tatum O'Neill. Tatum O'Neill, that's right. That's right, Tatum O'Neill. Come on. Walter Matthau. Come on. 70s movies and I'm beating you? I know. I blanked out, Tony. I'm getting old. I blanked out. Losing it. I was getting intoxicated with the golf today. Uh, What is going on? Justin Rose. What the hell is happening here? What what was the – what's your liability on Justin Rose? What could people get Justin Rose uh, at odds-wise up until a couple of days ago? You know, Justin Rose, we're looking good. We didn't have very many tickets written on him. Uh, We're sitting pretty with him. Right now we – just, I just put the Masters back up, and he's up as a favorite now at plus 350. But when we first opened up, you could have got him at 101. So uh, he was there. All right, so what's your general reaction to uh, what happened? Because uh, Dustin Johnson, eh, uh, Spieth fell behind and then you know got back in it. I guess, I'm, I'm assuming Spieth going into the second round is still pretty high, pretty high up there, but he is six strokes back. Yeah, well, he's up at 7-1 right now. So, uh, you know, he – they love playing winners, and they love playing guys on streaks. And when he won Texas last week, we knew they were going to come in and play him, and they did right up until the beginning. <clears throat> so he might get some play tonight on the overnight, but he's at 7-1 right now. Were people, uh, were people hanging out, getting excited, watching the tournament? Buddy, let me tell you, um, this Masters, if it could have gone, you know, we just put it up after, what, November or whatever. If we could have had a full year with this, it would have been broken all handles as far as Masters go. It was great. The betting action on this was great on just about every golfer, all 88 of them, the whole wow. field. It just shows people are so fired up just to get out and do stuff. Oh, you bet, man. And I think the next three majors are going to set records. I really do. They're, they're just betting the crazy stuff, man, betting all sorts of things on the golf. Do you guys uh, down at the Nugget, do you guys have both of the pools open right now? Yep. Full board, oh buddy. Oh, boy. Come on down. Well, I got to. Been joking about it. Pool season's coming up. I got to shed some weight, Tony. <laughs> a little soft right now, <laughs> especially upstairs. That you, you, uh, the upstairs, the the adult pool, man. That thing gets hot up there. Actually, uh, that's what I yeah. should do: is just lay there and sweat for a week. I'd probably lose a hundred pounds. It's it's gonna get hot outside, man. But yeah. they're they're crowded already. You notice I just described my exercise regimen as laying there in the sun. That's all I'll do. 
Well, you know, you got to get up and get a beer every now and then. That's you, <laughs> you and manatees have the same workout program. <laughs> I am the human manatee. Actually, we should just na- change the name of the show. Just Manatee and Company. Uh, all right. Do you have uh, – what are you guys doing for the draft? Uh, do you fire some draft props up there? Is that coming up? Do you have them up? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> we don't have them up as yet, but we are definitely going to put them up. We're going to put up a lot of things for this draft. You know, we've missed a couple, and uh, it's time to get some things out there, and it's going to be fun. I think there's a lot of interesting things out there, especially with all the quarterbacks and uh, not many running backs, and uh, there's going to be all those sorts of twisty things we're going to throw up. Does the the fact that we know the first two picks in the draft kind of ruin a little bit of that? Yeah, you know, we know it, the, the whole quarterback thing is kind of cool right now, though, because we don't know where Fields is going. We don't, yeah. you know, Wilson, uh, who, who knows what's going to happen. But I think there's going to be some trades. And I think there's going to be some movement. So I think things can still get, you know, really weird again. What, uh, what, how interested do you think people will be? This is kind of a new thing, a new market uh, for, you know, draft props and draft betting. It hasn't been around for that long. Uh, are people kind of all in on that, or, or is it going to take time for people to start? learning how to bet the draft. I think it's going to take some time, you know. Uh, It's gotten better every year, except, you know, when we went into COVID and whatnot, but it was picking up good, and if we would have had the one here in Vegas, you know, it would have done all sorts of crazy things. But we're going to pick it up, we're going to get going on it, and uh, I think the public's getting educated to it, and the draft's getting, you know, more social stuff on social media, so more people are finding out about it. There's tons of mocks out there, so people are going to bet it, and it's going to get bigger and bigger every year. When when do your days start getting ruined by just all day researching college football and NFL and getting ready for it? Like two weeks ago, when we <laughs> decided to put the college football games of the year again, I just came down with the schedule. We picked out 100 football games. Now we have to put power ratings to them and point spreads and, uh, you know, see what happens in spring football. And uh, we're going to put those games up probably in another few weeks, and that's going to be uh, in its back. Tony Miller downtown to the Golden Nugget. we got to close on this. Tell me there's – you don't have to give me a date, but discussion has begun, like bookings have begun for 52 Fridays because i got to get me some Lita Ford again. You want to come down for that? Yeah, she was good, man. Uh, it's coming. It's going to yeah. be good. And, uh, you know, we're back with all that too. Concerts are coming back. Shows are coming back. And uh, we're going to have a full schedule. And I make sure, Steve, whatever you want to get into, buddy, front row. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Carte blanche for Steve Cole. Oh, he knows. He knows. Uh, Lita Ford and Ambrosia. I start rocking out to Ambrosia. <laughs> right? Ambrosia Hermits. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, Hermits Hermits. All right, Tony, hey, we appreciate it. And, uh, I, you know, I don't always like to say good luck to you guys, but I hope you I hope you do okay during the Masters, okay? Thanks, buddy. Work See on that you. weight. Let's get in the pool. I know, yeah. <laughs> Believe me, we uh, we should both go in the, the shark tank and try to s- swim around, try to avoid a uh, you, vicious death. So you think, That'll get you in shape. You think trying to swim away from sharks is a better workout than just laying there? You know what's funny? Uh, years ago, I, I actually I, I would look at it like, man, I'm really really sweating here, I'm really shedding weight. I'm like you're not shedding anything. No. You're you're like eleven beers and sweating like an animal. Like you're not cutting weight, you're dumbass. Sw- sweating because you, you, you're like, oh, it's Michelob Ultra, so it's fine. <laughs> yes. like, okay, settle down. All right, we come back. Uh, we got uh, the five o'clock hour live here from Silver Sevens. Uh, Curtis Terry is going to join us. A lot to get into on the college basketball coaching front and the uh, building of. The UNLV roster. Uh, I also got to tell you about some of the specials that are happening here at Silver Sevens. We just saw they're starting to add things back in here, especially for the gamers. The list of free gifts, you know, for uh, for 18 members here is just awesome, and it totally plays into what we were just talking about 15 minutes ago with the waffle maker. Any kind of home appliance, I am down with. 
anytime. The Golden Knights are on TV. Watch the game at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s and grab your 77-cent Bud Light bottles.